Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Azure podcast with your hosts, Sam Foote and Anne Armstrong. If you're new here, we're a pair of Azure and Office 365 focused IT security professionals. Each episode, we talk about a specific topic in the space. This week, it's episode 10 of season three. We're going to have a chat around solutions in Power Platform, a mechanism to manage your low code slash no code applications life cycles. Hey Al, how, how are you doing this week? Hey Sam, not doing too bad, been busy. Yeah, it has been busy and we are halfway through this season of the podcast. Seems a bit surreal, I'm going to use that word I think, because yeah, it's flying past at the moment, isn't it? Don't you think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm just thinking, you know, season one, we only did nine episodes and we said this last season that we were already like surpassing it and now we've... We're in this, you know, third season, and we're already past it already. It's crazy. Yeah, 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 definitely. Because uh, are we on for about a uh, a June sort of time, end of season? I think that's when it's planned up to something like that. It's something like that, or it's I think yeah, end of May, beginning of June. Yeah, somewhere like that. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, flying through, but yeah, one episode a week. Yeah, gets us gets us moving for sure. So, okay. Um, solutions in power platform then alan um so just to give everybody a brief x x sort of a background um alan does a i'm gonna say a lot of work in power platform i'm gonna i'm gonna call it that um so um so this this is definitely a a great topic for him to cover he's definitely a subject matter expert in in all things power platform so um yeah, I'm going to try and sort of prize as much knowledge as I can out of Alan, and um, yeah, we'll see and see what uh, nuggets of uh, you know information that we can get out of him. Because um, yeah, the, the management of any sort of um, let's call it bespoke platform can be complex, and uh, I think there's some great tooling in in Power Platform to help you do that. So yeah, if if you're if you're building Power Platform um, uh, Power Platform applications maybe storing data inside a power platform. Um, th- th- hopefully this is going to give you some real uh, good insight about maybe making that a bit more, I'll call it production ready if it, and management of it. So yeah, let's, let's, let's jump right in then. So, um, so Alan, um, w- what are so- solutions in power platform? Can you just give us an overview? Yeah, sure. So solutions in power platform um, are kind of, I guess, like containers. Um, so it gives you the ability to store if you're working on some automation or you've got a power app, um, and you're, you know, you've got loads, you've got loads of different components, um, and you want to be able to like be able to manage them in one place, because I guess if you think about when you, when you create flows and things like that, they're, they're assigned to you as a person and then you have to share them. So it's quite hard to sort of collaborate in some form. You know, one person's got to create it and then you've then got to share it with the other, you know, other people in the team sort of thing where this is kind of all in one place and multiple people can edit a solution at the same time sort of thing. So it's um, Microsoft have sort of put it in as a application lifestyle management. So it gives you the ability to manage different parts of that process from going from development to to production ready kind of thing. So been using it quite a lot recently. 
So, so what you're saying is, is it's, it's effectively a way to bundle a bunch of different resources into one sort of. I think you use the word container, you know, a package in effect, right? Yeah, I mean, I suppose if we talked about Azure, it'd probably be something like a resource group, I guess, but not quite. But kind of put them all into one one place so you can manage it. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 definitely makes sense. You know, uh, like you say that uh, logic. I call it like logical grouping of resources. You know, without having lots of scattered items here, there, and everywhere is is a really powerful thing. So, um, is do do solutions just come in like one flavor? Are there different types of solutions that you can have? Yeah. So when there's there's two types of solutions. Well, yeah, there's two types of solutions: um, managed and unmanaged. And whenever you create a new solution that is unmanaged, and this is kind of your development sort of area or your de- development solution. So you're putting all of your, you know, your your application together and things like that within that. Um, and then a managed solution is when you sort of export it into production. Um, and basically when it moves into that sort of mode, um, it becomes um, sort of read only from a configuration perspective. So, if you've got um, things like um, tables and, and things like that in there, um, you can't like change the schema or anything like that. It's it's you know set in stone, but you know, you can populate data into those tables, things like that. That's absolutely fine. It's more around the, the configuration piece. So it's kind of this is this is now sealed. You know, this is version you know one one point one whatever it might be, um, and this is it. You know, this is how it runs. So there's less. Um, issues around someone maybe tweaking it or you know editing it and accidentally deleting something because like i was saying before you know um flows power apps are all like you know individually assigned and if multiple people are in a project then you know the owners might be different and you only have to go into a um a flow or a power app and delete something and save it and that's sort of gone there's no there's no versioning or anything like that for it um so so yeah that's the that's the two sort of main areas okay yeah so uh a managed solution sounds like to me kind of like compiling your code if if that makes sense like you you've got like um like if if we were to ever do a release it's quite interesting actually um because back in the day with asp.net you could you you can just throw your like well you can still do it now you could throw your source code up onto your web server right and anybody could theoretically, well, not anybody, but anybody with access could edit that folder and edit that source code like live, if that makes sense, you know. Um, mm-hmm. um, but like the the proper way to deploy it is to publish a version. Effectively, you build a bunch of DLLs which have got your code in it. It's then uneditable, right? And I don't really think it's done now, but, but back in the day, uh, people used to love being able to edit like live on production, if that makes sense, because it was like, it was easy. <laughs> you didn't have to go through any sort of change process or anything like that, right? And we we probably understand why that's not a good idea. But I kind of see this, um, this is what Managed Solutions is giving you. It's giving you the ability to say, this is version, like you, like you said, like 1.1, 1.2. And unless we explicitly you know, produce a new version of that solution. And then I assume you can then upgrade it if that makes sense. You know, can you like promote a new version? I suppose maybe we'll get into that later. Um, but but 
you know, you're you're putting a line in the sand, especially in production, saying, you know, you can use it, but you can't, you know, change fundamentally how it functions or, or works, which is really powerful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, I mean, that's one of the things I've had in the past before I knew about solutions in my early days of uh, citizen developing. I mean, I'm probably not a citizen developer anymore in this state, this uh, area. But <laughs> what are you um, now? How do you classify well, yourself as? What do you identify as? <laughs> what, um, what are you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah exactly. <laughs> I don't know. There's too many hats, um, to be honest. But, um, we'll have to come up for a, a new name for you. <laughs> but I do agree. <laughs> Generally, I do agree. You're, you're a little bit more advanced than, than that, for sure. <laughs> Okay, so um, yeah, so can you give us some examples of how sort of solutions can be used, you know, um, in the wild? Yeah, so we kind of talked about it a little bit. So you know, internal applications. You know, if you're building something that is going to be in production, not just for like yourself, um, multiple people working on it, then you know, it could be an internal application, um, and you want to go through different. Um, you know, you want to you know manage that lifecycle because within your um, Microsoft tenant, you can have multiple um, environments. So you can create a sandbox environment and then your production environment within Power Platform. Um, it kind of ties into like Dynamics, things like that as well, because obviously Dynamics 365 sits on top of the, the Dataverse, the Power Platform kind of stuff. So, um, but but yeah, so you can build you know, you can build your dev application in your dev environment and then you can move it to staging and production. And one thing to probably mention here is that actually you can do that process um, with the, um, I think it's the Power Platform or Power Apps um, or Solutions um, CLI. I think that's kind of what we call it. But um, basically you can use it, use that in DevOps to um, export the code. It in effect pulls it out of the the container it creates and then you can upload it to um, you can go you know look at DevOps to um, look at the code you know code changes things like that, and that's been quite useful because it does break it down quite well to see what's changed. And the same thing is with the pipelines and things like that. You can then push it to staging and production, and then you've got that sort of change process as well, which I think is really good. Um, and then the other kind of um, way you could use it is if you want to you know sell a power app or a, a power platform solution because you know you're you're creating the you're managing the the creation of it the updates things like that and then you you know make it managed and then you can pass it to the customer to then um install and they don't you know they can't modify the code or anything like that and you know make changes and break it um and then you can just like release updates to them so that's another way that you could potentially use it um which I think it's quite a good idea as well. Yeah, I think it gives, um, you know, because it, it, because it is low-code and no-code, right, it's sort of in its DNA to be able to be the solution, uh, what you build on it to be portable, right? Because, mm. you know, you're not, well, you, you maybe are embedding code in there, but you're not, your, your primary focus isn't to write code to, build your application interfaces and your business logic and all of those things, right? You're using, you're configuring the platform to do that, right? So it kind of makes sense that it should be able to export your configuration of the platform and then be able to re-import it in different environments, you know? And um, 
and because that that environment is completely managed you know um let, let's let's say i'm an application developer right and um I, I build an application that could be run like inside of somebody else's environment you know um there's ways to do that in azure and manage an environment on somebody else's behalf and, and all of those things but what's great about this is is that this is you know built on top of a completely you know it's a it's a SaaS environment at this point isn't it right it's not even a yeah like is it SaaS? yeah it is SaaS, right yeah, it's not it's even it's, it's not paz is it so 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 but if I, let's say i've made i don't know i've made some app you know um rubik's cube solver app or something like that and i've given it to you <laughs> bad example and and i want to sell it to you right all, all the only prerequisite that you have to have is the licensing you know to, to to be able to run it on the other side you know because to get a you know a fault tolerant app up and running in a in azure that could be quite expensive and it could require a lot of technical knowledge to even run the infrastructure to do that whereas i can just i could effectively say to you alan pay me some money and i'll send you the solution file to install right and i assume it's just as simple as it's just as simple as that in in some sense right and you could just start you know utilizing it um do, yeah, do people do do people buy and sell solutions like that is there a marketplace for solutions you know how does that or is this yeah, or is I think, it i think there is yeah i mean i don't i don't know if there's a specific place you go to i don't know if there there might be some things on the the microsoft marketplace or the Azure marketplace kind of thing. There might be something like that around um, to do that. Um, but I, yeah, I've definitely seen some um, partners, things like that, sort of suggesting to, you know, they're built, you know, when they're, they're power platform experts or dynamics experts, at least, you know, because it's kind of the same sort of form. Yeah, I can imagine, um, yeah. Because they built, in effect, it's building solutions where potentially, you know, if you had dynamics, this is building solutions for dynamics as well. Yeah, um, definitely. Because yeah. It's, it's you know it's, it's all sort of the same same thing, but not as co- not as complex or the the logic and I think within Dynamics is insane. I think, but well, let's let's say somebody contracted me to go in and like um, build out some you know tables in you know maybe some data schema in Dataverse, right? To model out some data or something like that. You know, I could do it in my environment, couldn't I? Solutionize it and then deliver it to them as a as a solution, right? So yeah. um are our solutions complete completely isolated between each other or do like whatever you whatever resources inside a solution can then other solutions access those resources yes so they can't yeah so they're not they're not completely isolated but they from a permissioning perspective they can be right if that makes okay. sense so if yeah. you so if for for example if you created a table or if the example is that if we use the account table, if you had Dynamics, um, in you know, the Dynamics app installed, um, you may have all of the um, account information. So this is a you know in effect a customer at this rate. So you know the the company name, things like that, and maybe you want to add a couple of extra columns to it, entity you know, uh, fields, so that you can you know store some extra data for this solution only. What you can do is you can say I want to you know access that account. But I don't. I'm not managing any of the other fields. I just want to add two to it, right, and then you okay. can say that if you've got permission to that solution, then you're able to to modify or edit those those fields, kind of thing. So and and you can you know um, 
you can create dependencies on other solutions as well because you might require the other solution the other you know tables and stuff as well so can okay. you know you can yeah. make it a little bit complex if you really want to but again you might have small teams doing small bits of solutions that then all tie up to one big you know product or automation kind of thing yeah that's that's what i'm thinking because like if i just you know go back to my programming days you would have like multiple modules or you know packages of like business logic that that would you know might be um brought together inside of another application to have a you know like and and you would have those things like dependencies on each other you know you would reference each module with each other you know because you might have like a core business logic module which had all of your you know um well yeah your your like unit tested business logic that you wanted to share amongst other modules mm-hmm. if if that makes sense and maybe you had another team that worked on that 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 side of thing so it kind of sounds like the same thing where solutions can be applied and they can be isolated if you want them to you know certain things can have visibilities but they can build on top of each other and reference each other in order to you know so they're not they're not isolated containers of you know logic and and resources um but they're more they can be more collaborative than fully isolated if that makes sense yeah i guess you could maybe um have a solution or part of the solution there's a team that looks after the the, you know the data model like you said but make sure that's all okay and maybe some logic about making sure it's tidy or doing you know retention or you know stuff like that there's stuff that might not be built built in um or even like connectors to other data sources outside of it might be flows pulling data in you know that sort of stuff and then maybe there's the the ui part that's on top that maybe isn't in the same solution yeah, you might have some sort of like governance like model in place, right? Where somebody, you know, some sort of team is responsible for the data, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's 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 team A's responsibility to make sure that, you know, uh, the the security of that data and the the retention lifecycle of that data is one thing, and then you might have other people in the business which are building like applications and interfaces and business logic on top of that potential data right you know and um so yeah it it does make sense that 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 could happen in the real world yeah and you might not want other teams to to be able to have the ability to you know if you're working on the same project you might not want them to be able to modify that because of if it's unmanaged and anyone that has access can then modify it so by separating it out you might be able to say it has to go to this you know, this staging environment as it is, and then you do your testing against that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, so um, what what can be added into a solution then? So there's 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 lots of things. I'm not going to grab them all. Um, I had another quick look at the list uh, just before we uh, we did this. Po- we you know, us recording this podcast, but um, um, the obvious things around you. Know, power apps so that is model driven ones and uh the canvas apps um the automation so cloud flows um desktop flows things like that so that all kind of makes sense um data first tables so like i said you can create your own you create the new tables in there or you know modify potentially modify current tables that are available within the uh, the dataverse um, some of the other things are like choices, but that kind of comes into the dataverse where you've got choices on what you know on some of the fields. Um, 
chatbots. So I'm guessing this is probably around virtual agents, things like that as well. So it's quite you know good to keep those in there. Um, you've got reporting and dashboards. So within the data first stuff, you can build dashboards, things that are around the data. Um, it does include Power BI as well, um, which is quite interesting. So you can have your Power BI dashboard with it. Um, I think that might be preview the last time I looked at it. I have to double check. Um, but yeah, that'd be great if you could bring in like your your Power BI report in so that you can you know distribute that um, managed as well. Um, and like I said, there's various other things in there. Um, one key thing is the security roles. So within the the Dataverse um, tables, you know you can do, um, you know, you can specify different roles for each table, things like that, and create those roles automatically. So when it gets pushed into the next environment, you can then the roles are already there, and all you got to do is then populate them with users or teams and things like that. So that's really really handy because I've been in situations before I knew you could do that. Um, where you had to create them in each environment, which isn't great. So, yeah, there is loads in there. I think there's also some components that you can build because I can't, can't, can't quite remember what they are. But um, it's like, is it JavaScript? It's not JavaScript. It's React. Is it some React um, components you can create, Sam? Uh, like PCL components. Yeah. Can you remember? We can, you can add some stuff in, can't you, to make it a bit more... Um, extra things that you can add to an, a to an, a power app, isn't there? Um, yeah, you can add like custom components, controls, in. yeah, yeah, com- yeah. Controls, yeah. And controls and stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That. yeah, so they can go in there as well. So again, you can um, protect your IP, I guess, at that point if you're building custom stuff for people, um, if you're selling it. But but yeah, there is tons in there. So so, so basically, anything that really anything any sort of resource that you would have as part of your application build can go into a solution right is it is is there anything that's not available in a solution that you can think of not off the top of my head from what you would build into into a power app or or power platform solution no um it's even got like things like the connectors for the flows or for the power apps it won't necessarily create the actual um authorize the connections themselves because you know it depends on what environment you know if you're giving it to a customer it won't be able to authorize back to you um but the actual requirement for that type of connector is there so that when it gets imported you can then in effect you know they can authorize it against the 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 sort the the um the resource it's trying to access okay great um so what's um what parts so so what's parts of um of of the life cycle of a solution are actually available to you you know with with solutions okay so you've got got the first one which is create um so that is you know you, you know, creating this solution um or potentially you know this could be you um exporting this as a unmanaged solution so you can move it to another environment maybe you are giving the customer the the ability to make changes maybe you're just handing it over um so that's the create part so that's you know, auth- you know authoring the, the the solution um you have update so this is updates to the managed solution itself so when you do a change to the unmanaged one you can in effect export an update for it uh, and these are kind of 
um, you know, adding components to the solution. Um, but this doesn't allow you to delete anything within it. So you can't like remove what, you know, a table or a form or, you know, change, you've changed the, the power app or something like that. This is just doing updates to, you know, maybe you've added a table or a field. Um, so that's doing that. You've got upgrade. So this is merging multiple updates into one and then being able to then import it. Um, and this does allow you to do, um, it's doing as it kind of sounds it's, it's an upgrade um this could be chain you know deleting different components so this is like a bigger well as it kind of says it's a cumulative update of all the, the all the changes and then you've got patch so these are this is sort of really small small updates this is more like hot fixes you know there's a little bit of a bug in um in the flow or the um in some of the logic that you've got there um, and then you're just making a small change to it, so it's just it's just like a quick you know, patch to it. And again, this can't um, this can't um, delete components. So, so yeah, it's, it's fairly simple. There's no sort of you know full delete. Well, of course you've got the of a lifecycle application, you've got the delete of it, I guess. But that's kind of just removed from the the, the environment. Um, one one good thing about talking about that from removing from an environment. Um, it doesn't leave anything behind because you'll remove that solution. Everything that is attached to it then gets removed quite safely. There's no like bits, bits, you know, staying, you know, staying um, within that environment, which is really good. So I, I do, I do have one question. Um, and that is around the upgrade, like path of applications, right? Cause one of the really challenging things I've had over the years is like um, migrating data schemas and things like that. That's where it starts to get a bit complicated. Like, let's say you, I'll give you an example. You add a column to a table um, mm -hmm. that then needs to be populated with a default value, let's say, right? Um, so when you do an update, you know, is there any way to have any sort of like logic as part of that update to to clean up any of those things, or would you would you deploy an update and then maybe a flow goes with it to go and do any of your like custom like logic work uh, if if that makes sense, right? So when when you do an upgrade, yes, it just adds you know adds the table, doesn't remove any data. That's one thing to probably notice that you know even though you're making changes to the to the table storage the dataverse um none of that none of the data that's currently there is like nuked or anything like that because there's kind of always a worry isn't it that it's like replacing it and all of a sudden you've got no data kind of thing i know within application you know development that's yeah that's generally not the case when you do schema updates but you know it's but, it but kind of feels you, like a big package isn't it yeah it, but if you removed a column from a table that you like controlled would it delete that column from there you know, when you updated their their solution in their environment, would it remove that column? Yeah. Right. Okay. So you can have, you could have a destructive action with an update if, if that makes sense. With with, with, with the upgrade one, yes, not with yeah, an update, okay. but yeah, but with an upgrade, yeah, it can remove components of within the solution. Yeah. Um, to do with the default, the default value, um, I'd have to double check because um fields can have a default some of them can have a default value in them so 
it would be uh, yeah it's true i haven't actually tested that whether if you've got a default value for it whether it would populate it automatically or not um but yeah potentially you could have a flow that is like the upgrade tidy up kind of thing maybe just to update update the data kind of thing yeah yeah i just um that's that's the only ever time that i've ever like struggled with you know in um like programming world that's the only other time that i've ever really struggled with like upgrades or new releases right where you may be um you've got a new schema that you've deployed and let's say your app doesn't work without your new schema changes and your business logic changes right so you have to like patch your database run your database upgrade scripts and then you know then apply your application on top you know, and have all of that downtime, well, no, potential downtime in between. It's all scripted and everything, so it's and it's all tested ahead of time. Um, but when when you're when it's your response, if when you're responsible for a data schema and you've got to make changes to that data schema, that's when it can start to become really challenging. And I just because um, because from what I know of DataVerse, the the um, the the data the functionality of the data schema in Dataverse is really powerful, right? You can have relationships, you can have, you know, lookups, you can have um, effectively enums, you know, choices, but, you know, in, in different things. But then I then, my brain then whirs and goes, well, if you can add on change all these things, like how does it reconcile between two like changes, right? You know, if Alan removes like, you know, four columns from a data, a, a data table and then adds six more, how, and how does it all like you know, work all of that out if, if that makes sense. But, um, but, but, but then on the other flip side of it is those schemas generally tend to upgrade or update very little once they're in or they're, you know, small changes going yeah. forward. And I, and I, I do think that if you were building like, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but if you were building a large scale application, this might not be a, system that you actually use for that if that makes sense you know because um you, you may want more flexibility and control so it might be because of the these are like line of business internalish sort yeah. of apps and things like that that those scenarios might not come up quite so much right you know yeah i mean you know the same thing could happen for um you know um power apps, power platform, automation, et cetera, can all talk to external data sources. So it could be a SQL where the data is stored. So you've, you'll have to go through that process of, you know, running those, you know, you know um, upgrade um, scripts for the, the schema and stuff like that there before you deploy the solution. Cause you know, the, the, the SQL won't be in the solution. So you have got the other components where if you're coming, if you're talking outside and there's changes you need to do. If you if if you've got a solution right that um, let's say you've got a column in a table that is referenced by a power app, for instance, or a view in Dataverse, if you remove that from the table, is there like validation that then says you know you have to go and fix all these other things before you can export it or save it or before you publish and things like that? You know, there's there, those sorts of controls there. Yes. So you can't yes, get, there is you there is dependency. Yeah. yeah, you yeah it will tell. You, well, yeah, it will tell if you try to delete a, uh, if you're using the dataverse and you try to remove a column, it will say this is referenced somewhere. Or right. if you try and delete the table, it will go, oh, it's in the Power App. You know, you need to remove 
it from here and this this thing is being referenced so there is there is some reference you know that sort of stuff there so and, and maybe um, all of that protection protects you from getting into those scenarios <laughs> right because you're not allowed to you know make something unreferenced and make something invalid right you know yeah i mean the only thing to think about is that if you're if you've got applications outside like you're using logic apps to talk to the dataverse um if you change schema tables then and you update the you know the app then that logic app isn't going to update with it you're going to have to push the changes in there as well so it's just being cautious of that if you're using you know the rest api for dataverse then you know changes will be in the other environments but you know it's you're gonna have to change the the external sources i guess yeah and and that's um that that's exactly the same as if you've got some sort of um you know restful integration or api you know integration between two systems there's always that challenge of like you know making sure that whatever's consuming that api is actually updated because they're sort of they can be intrinsically linked at that point right you know and this is where it comes back to the whole you know should you have microservices or a mono repo when you've got to update everything at the same time it might as well just all be in the same place you know basically because it effectively is one you know solution so um no it's it, it, it's really interesting but it does sound like there's some really good um sounds like there's some really good controls to help you with that life cycle right that's what i'm getting from this is you know is that you've got the tooling around you to help you with those deployments which is which is really powerful yeah i was just thinking that when you create a solution um there is some user or there is some configuration stuff you can do i just remembered that i've seen it on there i'd have to double check but maybe that is something you can do as well maybe there is a way to do that like script upgrade script maybe um as part of it um but i'd have to double check because i just remember seeing it but we don't use it um okay. and mo- maybe we should be <laughs> i don't know but, no, um, no. well if you've never yeah. <laughs> if you've never had that like that challenge and and it's um it's it only ever really happens when there's big schema changes right like where you have to might do might need to do some data migration in between your schema updates um just be really interesting to see how somebody would handle that process. You know, t- to me, it might be just like a, a logic app that runs once on, you know, it, it knows when it's been updated and it applies some, you know, data migrations. So it could, it could be something like that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so solutions obviously seem to be quite a powerful, um, part of, uh, where is it technically? Is it, power apps or is it dataverse it's it's power platform it's that that the solutions are in the power apps website or power apps blade um that's where you create them you can still create flows and things like that from there um, that's how you get to them um okay so is yeah. there any extra licensing on on top of it for for, for solutions so as well as far as i'm aware um if you've got um if you're paying for power apps or power automate um you know full uh per user licensing or per app licensing things like that um it's included in that and i believe even with the office 365 sort of licensing that you can use them i'd have to double check that but i'm pretty sure i can remember seeing them in there um because you know it's just time altogether it just might be that you can't use the dataverse with a 
with an Office 365 license. So it might just be that you're doing Power Apps, uh, Canvas Apps, and you know, Power Automation um, within it, which would still be good for you know the Office 365 um, automation or views, things like that, um, to solutionize. Um, but Dataverse does definitely just bring another um, angle or, um, yeah, an angle to uh, to building within that environment. Okay. No, that's that, that's great. Um, I, I haven't got any more uh, other other questions to be taken on to ask you, Alan. Is there Just, anything else that we've missed or you want to cover off on it? Uh, there's probably a lot more to power to the solutions themselves. Um, there's lo- like I said, there's loads of configuration in there. Um, I think there is like a user configuration where you can have like a user like a page where you go to and you can configure the app as well, things like that. But um, no, I think that's pretty much it. I think we chose a topic that is quite niche, get us to the point we're not rushing it sort of things. We've, you know, we've hit a couple of those, haven't we, where we've, it's, we've run through it quite quickly. So. Um, oh yeah. Well, you know, power apps, you can't just talk about in 35 <laughs> <laughs> minutes for sure. So yeah, no, I think it's good to, um, because, you know, if people, you know, people might be exploring power apps, right, inside their organization, and they might be thinking, you know, how can I, you know, how can I uh, move this into production? Like, I've, I've, you know, made my tech demo, I've shown it to people internally, they're really bought into it, we're all ready to go and everything, but but maybe, you know, um, you know, turning it into, you know, something real at that point is, is the next step, isn't it? And there's, there's lots of, you know, uh, you know nuances and information there that is 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 good to cover so no definitely it's it's, it's yeah, a really it, good session and it's really good that you can actually put it through a um repository solution you know devops get get you know github etc to you know you know store the code you know do versioning and everything on it as well um and see that you know the code you know in effect your entity changes or your flow changes etc so and and potentially being able to then distribute via the um the get actions or the um the you know devops pipelines i think that's really good i think that's been quite useful for us to see the actual changes we're making yeah being able to get them into a format where you can actually look at the, like the diff between the two and yes. you know and see you know because because you do just have an interface there's no real like source control is there right you can just you can go in and edit in the interface and you can save and you know, and then at least if you export it out before you go into production, you can actually see, and it is pretty readable, like what actual changes have been made, you know, from the output of that, right? You know? Yeah, definitely. It breaks it down into, you know, the power apps themselves or the, um, you know, the entities themselves or the um, tables and then tells you the schema for them and what you've changed and things like that. So it's, it is really good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, it's really good. Okay, well, um, let's let's leave it there on, on this one. Um, what are we talking about next, Alan? Uh, you are going to talk about um, Azure Cognitive Services, and I'm guessing we're going to have a hint of uh, ChatGPT in there. I did I see. Yeah, well, I did. <laughs> I did. See, yeah, I, yeah. I'm going to do a an overview of cognitive services. Uh, lots of black boxes over there with some magic uh, <laughs> sprinkled in. So yeah, I'm going to do a, um, a an overview of each of the uh, workloads and what's possible in cognitive services because it is a bit of magic over there. And I do every time I um, 
I go back and look at cognitive services, they've added even more. And then I go, wow, <laughs> this is amazing. So, um, so yeah, so we're going to go through uh, Azure Cognitive Services. And if, if you don't know what Cognitive Services is, it's a group of uh, tooling to do different um, sort of cognitive workloads. Like um, uh, uh, there's lots of machine uh, vision, um, um, uh, natural language processing, uh, bots, um, all various manner of different um, sort of cognitive services that are un- underneath that banner. So yeah, it's it's exciting place to be. And as Alan mentioned, it's it's a hot topic. Um, lots of people talking about it. So yeah, it should be quite a good um, episode to, to go through and to to understand. There's quite a few products in there as well. So we'll do a a little uh, a little dive on each one, um, and then hopefully. Uh, later on we'll actually have dedicated episodes on each one um, if appropriate okay uh, cool so yeah if you've um, if you've enjoyed this episode please do consider subscribing if you'd like to listen to more of this content in the future uh, we have many different topics that we like to cover and your listens and support is what will continue to fuel the podcast going forward we also have the ability for you to give us some feedback did you enjoy this episode disagree with our thoughts Um, did i miss something that was important um click on the link in our in our show notes um it will take you to a you know in a contact form and we'd love to hear from you okay thanks very much um, alan and we'll um we'll speak to you next week everyone cheers yep thanks everyone speak soon bye